The following podcast contains spoilers for Polar. Moss Mickelson and I aren't talking at the moment. And I think you know why, Glenn. I do know why. You do know why. You have been warned! What's up, everybody, and welcome back to KFR News Radio. This is your host, Benjamin Button, along with your host, Miguel Megusto, with Hello. two eyes. Me, me gusto. <laughs> Double gusto. Double gusto. <laughs> Zwei gusto, yeah. Zwei mm-hmm. gusto. <laughs> How you doing? <laughs> I'm doing spectacular, my buddy. I moved into a new room. And it's a little bit more open. Same house. Ah. So that's cool. It's Ooh. just open space. I'm feeling good. It's a little ah. chilly today. but <laughs> What's hard nipples anyway? Yeah, I mean... That's a question I wasn't expecting you to ask right now, right off the bat. Never know. But yeah, what are they anyway? Anyway, let's jump into what we've seen this past week. I'm going to let you start, Glenn, because you're not going to take as long as me as usual. Yeah, I'm definitely going to go the the quick and easy route. You and I hooked up, and not in the funny way that people think that I just said that to... Unfortunately. Yeah. How dare they, dirty-minded folk. I wish. We watched Mank, a David Mm -hmm. Fincher film. Uh, pretty much about the man who uh, made the script for, uh, you know, the one and only Citizen Kane. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, Herman Mankiewicz. We did watch that, and it was a spectacular film, in my opinion, mm-hmm. uh, done in the style of uh, old movies like that. Everything down to the sound, where the sound was uh, mono, mm-hmm. and not even stereo, it was mono. Um can't forget the cigarette burns, too. The cigarette burns? Oh, my God. Yep. The funny thing is, it was not only was it projected digitally, mm-hmm. it was shot digitally as well, and they still added the cigarette burns for nostalgia. And good God, was that nostalgia. Oh, God. Uh, I remember they, you turning to me and saying, I need to change my pants. Oh, the yeah. The cigarette burns. Yeah. I mean, oh, I, I, used cigarette to be, burns. I used to be a projectionist back when... We did use 35 millimeter film for projection, mm-hmm. uh, and while the system I used didn't need the cigarette burns because we had a platter system, not a reel to reel, it was it still brought back so many memories. You know, putting the 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 reels together, you got to see the cigarette burns. It was real cool. I miss it. I miss it, Glenn. I miss you. But that was, that was a pleasant experience that we had together. Great it movie. Was. We had delicious popcorn. You, you took me out on a, I on did a nice take little you out. date. It was beautiful. I took you out on a quarantine date. Was, we stayed safe all along the way. We Even did. after. Yeah. Who knows? Uh, and the movie I watched <laughs> after that was Polar, which we will get into later. Um, other than that, I've caught up on Mandalorian. I watched the last last two episodes that just came out and mm-hmm. a show called Black Clover, which my friends have been telling me to watch, so I've been watching that. But yeah. those aren't really as noteworthy of what we did. So, Mike, I know you've got a lot to go through. So hit I do me got with a lot to go through. I'm going to try not to take as long as usual. Um, so I've seen 20 movies, including Polar, this past week. So you're definitely way ahead of schedule now, correct? Uh, a, f- a few. I mean, I have 56 movies to go. Okay. Uh, with 30 days left, oh. so you know, a little, I feel, I feel little like, less than I feel two. Like a you day. were further than that. I don't know. No, unfortunately. Um, but the first movie I watched last week was one I actually interrupted to record our last week's podcast mm-hmm. uh, called Spell, and it's about this guy whose fiance dies and kind of out of depression and just wanting to get away from reality. Uh, he goes to Iceland, which is a trip they wanted to do together and he's mm-hmm. doing it by himself. And then Icelandic people kind of kidnap him because they think he's a reincarnated, uh, witch doctor from Iceland. As they do. Um, yeah, as they do. Uh, and you, they make convincing arguments, Glenn. <laughs> Very convincing. That's the scariest no. argument. Yeah, <clears throat> no, but it, it's, it's a solid movie. I really enjoyed it. It's a, uh, it's a interesting thing, you know. You got to see the lovely landscapes of Iceland, which is always fun. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, I highly suggest that. It's called Spell. Okay. Uh, then I watched a new Amazon Prime movie called Uncle Frank with um, Sophia, what's her face from <laughs> It Chapter One, uh, and Paul Bettany, mm-hmm. um, where it's this Southern girl who moves to New York, uh, which is where her 
professor uncle lives and she finds out he's gay and it's kind of just the journey they take along being southern and in the 60s or 70s and being gay and kind yeah. of different um and yeah it was really solid i i enjoyed it i thought it was a, a well made movie um it hit the stereotypes of southerners while also not making it like too mean Mm-hmm. So I feel like a lot of movies similar to that are just like, like extremely mean. There's one character that was very mean, but the rest were just kind of like, yeah, you know, normal. Um, s- still thought it was wrong to some extent, but you know they weren't like trying to kill him. Um, yeah, this is a solid movie, Uncle Frank. Uh, then I watched another movie called Sometimes, Always, Never with Bill Nighy. Uh, not to be confused with Mank star Bill Nye, the science yeah, guy. The one and only man. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Sometimes, Always, Never. Uh, I actually interrupted for our Mank date. Um, so I, I watched first half before our Mank date and then the last half after our Mank date. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's uh, about this father and son who kind of have a rough relationship because of how seriously they take scrabble yeah which is a funny concept yeah Uh, but it's 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 deeper than that you know there's a missing son in there somewhere uh and it's a really um stylistic film that i i thought was uh you know it took a seemingly boring concept and made it pretty like very unique and and different uh that's mm-hmm. sometimes always never then i watched mank which we talked about uh then i watched a film with zoe deutsch called buffaloed uh where she Buffalo. plays like a she plays this kind of con artist who becomes a uh debt collector and kind of shows the underbelly of debt collection and and how dirty it is and mm-hmm. uh you know it's it's an interesting movie. It's a it's a nice hour and a half. It's nothing too terrible. Not nothing too, long too great. Or yeah, it's it's a good. It's a solid movie. Uh, then I watched Karen Gillan's director directorial debut. Uh, she also stars in it, which is the party's just beginning. Okay. Uh, it's essentially this woman who is suffering from depression because her friend killed herself. Um, but it's it's done very well. I, I really enjoyed it. It's it's probably one of the better movies I saw this week. And Karen Gillan, she I think has a good directing career ahead of her. Um Hopefully. Yeah, yeah. I did I did see that she uh she like there was some news about her and I didn't even know she actually made a movie, but I did see like some headlines. Yeah. I almost saw this in Philly when it was released because it one of the I don't think it was the US debut, but it was the Pennsylvania debut mm-hmm. was at the Philadelphia Film Festival. Which I almost went to, but then my movie got rejected, and I kind of got bitter about it and didn't go to <laughs> it. So. I don't blame you. Uh, I heard she was there. I don't know if that's true. Uh, if she was there, not going was probably the biggest mistake I've ever made. Mm-hmm. Um, but other, I, I don't, I don't know if that's true. You know, I, I googled it and didn't see any information confirming that. So, yeah, um, it could have just been rumors. Uh, then I watched My Spy with Dave Bautista. Uh, where he plays a spy and befriends his little neighbor, this little girl. lady. Yeah, uh, it's a fine movie. It's a family movie. It's nothing. I think it would have been better if they went PG with it. Yeah. Uh, but you could tell they're trying to do like dirty jokes, but also keep it family friendly, which doesn't really m- match up, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, to me, it seemed like uh, another version of the. Uh... The fairy, the fairy, uh, tooth fairy, fairy tale, tooth fairy. Thank you, Jesus. Yeah, fairy tale. It's it's similar, or or like the pacifier, or what yeah. have you. Uh, yeah, it's it's essentially that. Um, it's it's not great. It's it's fine. It's entertaining if you got nothing else to watch. Mm-hmm. You know, it, I was on my phone a good portion of it, but it's 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 not a terrible movie. It's just not good either. Yeah. Um, then I watched between two uh, two ferns the movie. It's between two ferns, there's just a in movie? feature length. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. There's a movie. Uh, it's like a feature length version, and they go across the country, and it's it's funny. It's got a lot of funny moments, but you know, didn't need a movie. Yeah. Uh, then I watched a Korean movie that's on Netflix called The Call, uh, where these two women are connected via an old phone in a house by like they're con- like I think it's like 25 years or something, and one of them turns out to be a serial killer. And it happens to be the one in the past, so she kind of fucks shit up, and it's very interesting. 
Um, yeah. It's, okay. It's really, I, I really enjoyed it. It's, it's, it's very interesting. Called the call. Then I watched Polar, which was my 300th movie Ooh. on the year. Uh, <laughs> we'll, we'll get to that in a minute. But 300 movies. But then I watched 10 more movies. I watched Wild Rose, which has uh, Jesse Buckley um, from uh, I'm Thinking of Ending Things. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's uh, this Scottish woman who is kind of like a fuck up and she's trying to become a country star and it's very entertaining and, and well acted and it's yeah. a, it's a great story all around. Uh, highly okay. suggest that. Then I watched a night to remember, which is the, in the superior Titanic movie. You hear that James Cameron? <laughs> uh, no, legitimately like it's Titanic yeah. without the bullshit two and a half hours before uh-huh. things actually happen. Before Titanic happens. Um, and, but it still has all the emotional beats that you, that Titanic had. So, mm-hmm. It's an abridged Titanic without the bullshit story that never happened. This is based on uh, more fact than than uh, James Cameron's Titanic. Yeah. Uh, and I I think James Cameron's Titanic is fine. I didn't start hating him until Avatar. Uh, but I do think James Cameron's Titanic, other than special effects, is greatly over... Uh, what's the word? Overappreciated, overrated, overrated. Overrated. That's what I was looking for. Uh, But yeah, A Night to Remember. It's really good. Uh, Then I watched Jingle Jangle, which is a Christmas movie on uh, Netflix, Mm -hmm. which, to my surprise, was not about a black Santa Claus, but about a black toy maker. Uh, You know, I wish it was a black Santa Claus. I think that would have been cool. But Forrest Whitaker is still really cool in it. And he might as well be Santa Claus. It's, It's a Christmas movie where they don't even mention Santa Claus. Oh, so that's, that's that's different. But he's um, he's just not Santa Claus in it. It's it's really good. It's a musical, full disclosure. Yeah. But it's a very good musical. The 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 tunes are very uh you know, they're they're popping. Yeah, I've seen some uh, some friends post about that on uh, on Facebook and all that saying they've been watching it. Yeah, it's good. I, I do suggest it. It puts you in the, the holiday spirit. Ooh. Uh and Keegan Michael Key plays a bad guy, which was unexpected because he's a seems like the nicest person in the world yeah um so it was kind of nice to see him have some some range um so yeah jingle jingle then i watched a movie which is based on a true story which i've been like thinking about making into a movie Mm -hmm. uh the the lighthouse is slightly based on this story um but this one is fully based on it it's about three mermaids huh (laughs) no no mermaids are not involved Uh, but it's called the vanishing Okay. It's based on the true story of three Scottish lighthouse keepers who go missing on the on their shift uh, on their island with no trace. There's no sign of a struggle. There's no nothing. They just all disappeared. And it's not like a small lighthouse yeah. island where you know they could easily be swept away. Like they're on a cliff, and somehow all just disappeared. Uh, no one knows. No one knows how it happened even to this day. But this kind of puts a very interesting spin on it. Uh, I rather enjoyed it. Um, got Gerard Butler in it. Uh, it's 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 very solid. It's not as out there as the Lighthouse, but it's based on yeah. the same it's very, story. It's very hard to be out there like the yeah. Lighthouse. The Lighthouse is extremely loosely based on the story, whereas this is like they actually use the names and everything. Yeah. Um, so I, I do suggest that that's on Amazon Prime. It's called The Vanishing. Then I watched Fred Durst's movie, The Fanatic, with John Travolta. That's a thing? Yeah, Fred Durst directed a movie with John Travolta. It's a, a horror movie about a guy who, uh, a mentally challenged guy who stalks his favorite celebrity, uh, and things turn violent. And oh, I think, I think I've seen a scene or two of this movie. Yeah, it's terrible. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> John surprise, Travolta surprise. is is really good, but he overacts, which you know I'm sure Fred he does, Durst didn't he help does that him a lot. Yeah, he's he's kind of like a Nick Cage type, but maybe not as crazy as Nick Cage. Yeah. But still, uh, but there, the moments that are believable are very believable. Um, he kind of reminds me, uh, uh, in some way, of someone you and I know personally, who I won't name. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, just in the mannerisms, not in the stalking part, obviously, yeah. but the mannerisms, he, he's seems like someone we uh know personally um and it was just kind of empty like it was mean-hearted it was mm-hmm. there was no heart to it there's no humanity to it uh in the end it had the wrong bad guy the whole time and it didn't make sense 
Yeah. Hmm. Like, I don't want to get into it because I don't want to ruin it for yeah. people who actually want to watch it. But I'll, I'll talk to you later about it. Yeah. You'll enjoy it just the same, even if you know what's going to happen. Okay. Uh, then I watched Bill and Ted Face the Music, which is the third installment of the Bill and Ted series. Really funny. Really enjoyed that. It's oh, a, did they release that? Yeah, they released it. It's, oh. it's on... Uh, uh, I think you have to rent. It. I paid four dollars to rent. Yeah, it. Uh, but it's it's really good. I really enjoyed it. You know, as far as a uh, very long-awaited sequel, it's it's great. Um, and then I watched a movie today called Rust Creek. Uh, it's like a small little indie movie. This girl gets lost in I think in the Virginia woods, mm-hmm. and these two guys who think she saw them burying a dead body, like kind of hunt her down. Or I don't know if it's a dead body, but they're burying something. They don't yeah. ever, they just say burying that thing. They never specify what it is, but they hint that it's a dead body. Uh, and she kind of runs through the woods trying to survive. Uh, it's a solid movie. Nothing great, nothing terrible. Mm-hmm. Uh, then I watched a documentary called the, the Gr- A Grand Night in the Story of Ardman, which is the studio that does Wallace and Gromit. Uh, oh, it's a little uh, documentary on that. It is technically feature length, even though it's only like an hour long. I counted it because that is technically feature length. Yeah. Um, and yeah, but if you love Ardman, if you love Wallace and Gromit, you'll probably enjoy that because I did. Uh, then I watched Ghosts of War, which is a horror movie that takes place in World War II. And I was enjoying it pretty well. And then it just got over convoluted and then had a twist which yeah. was just not a good twist, and I kind of wish it was just a straight, straightforward, it, thing. straightforward, simple plot. They tried to overcomplicate it too much, because hmm. I really enjoyed like the first forty-five minutes to an hour, and then it just goes completely bonkers. Yeah, and does not do well with the bonkers. And then the last movie I watched is Race for Your Life, Charlie Brown, which is a Charlie Brown feature from nineteen seventy-seven. It's Charlie Brown. If you like Charlie Brown, you're gonna like it. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, almost everybody loves Charlie Brown. But I know that that doesn't seem like much. But that's all I watched for this <laughs> week. So I promise. Movies, yeah. I promise. Starting January, I won't have as many movies to go through. I'm just so close to hitting a movie a <laughs> year that I'm I'm forcing them to go out. hard. I mean, you can even look at this list and just be like, oh yeah, he's just putting something on to put something on. Yeah. Uh, like the Charlie Brown one, it was was that. I love Charlie Brown, but like I wasn't dying to watch Race for Your Life Charlie Brown. Absolutely. Um but yeah. So, uh I don't believe we have any news today, is that correct? Uh, I actually do. Oh, cuz um, I don't, but you do. So. Um and it is it was about something that I I do enjoy and that I um Oh, what's the word for it? It's a uh, something that I like that people don't like. What's the word for it? So I don't guilty pleasure. Stu- Thank you. It's a guilty pleasure of mine here. Um, so Van Helsing Universal Monster movie coming from Overlord director. Hmm. Um, Honestly, if anyone is going to be able to revive like the Universal Monster movie, mm-hmm. it's going to be that guy. Yeah. Um, I, I enjoyed Overlord for the most part. Um, yeah. There was some parts where I just didn't care for it. But, I mean, I, I don't know what the reboot's going to look like. I loved the original, not the original Van Helsing, but the Van Helsing with Hugh Jackman in it. Yeah. And, uh, so, like, that was, that was, like, one of my favorite movies growing up. And uh, the werewolves in that movie are utterly fantastic. I haven't seen it since it was in theaters. I think it yeah. warrants a rewatch. But that's going to have to come next year when I don't have to yeah. force 56 movies into 30 days. Um, I, I would love to sit there and watch that movie with you because it, it, I feel like a lot of people hate that movie. I love it. But they're rebooting the whole thing, I think. I don't even mm-hmm. think Hugh Jackman or anybody's going to be in it. I think it's going to be a fresh start with the Overlord director. Cool. Um, which would be pretty awesome. Yeah. I uh, I love oh, the apparently Universal. James Wan is also producing, I think. Oh, nice. I love the Universal monster movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I've, I've been kind of bummed that they've been kind of shitting the bed with yeah. all of their revivals of it. Because honestly, the stories that, are there. They yeah. just, they tried to modernize them too much. I hope they take their um, time with them. It's, it's something that is a weird comparison, but like DC was doing, they were trying to rush too much stuff yeah. out. I That's hope exactly they take their it. time they, with the stories. Yeah, they they tried to rush too much. They tried to modernize it too much. They tried to, I mean, like, 
the mummy dracula young frankenstein or not young frankenstein uh frankenstein yeah. with uh, daniel radcliffe and james mcavoy but also the young frankenstein <laughs> and the young frankenstein they they are all great stories that we know can be done well mm-hmm. and yes they're not needed because we already have those movies but if you want to create a universe where van helsing makes sense which is in my opinion the whole point to do that it's mm-hmm. kind of like building up to thanos in a way yeah uh only van helsing may or may not be the good guy um you gotta you gotta be careful with it. You can't just rush it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's that's all I really have. I think uh, there might have actually been a sliver of something else that I can't remember. But oh well. Yeah. <laughs> nothing's nothing's really happening. Mm-hmm. Corona's still a thing. We're still hanging on by threads. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, but yeah, uh, yeah, I guess we can move on to the movie. Polar. So yeah, let's get into polar. I like it here. It makes me peaceful. Me too. You're not from around here, are you? No, I'm retired. What was your job? I was in the funeral business. Huh. As you know, we manage the investments of our employees. If a former agent dies after retirement, their $8 million goes back to the company. This is a bad idea. Bang. And you're going to have to correct me on all the names again because I am ignorant. No, just the one guy. <laughs> Giannis? Jonas. Damn it! <laughs> Jonas Ackerland. I probably mispronounced that a little bit, but it's closer than what you, was, you yeah. said. <laughs> Polar. A retiring assassin suddenly finds himself on the receiving end of a hit. Contracted by none other than his own employer, seeking to cash in on the pensions of aging employees. Look at you. I know. I almost bit my lip like three almost. times. I almost, almost like created a stutter, and then here we are. Janos. Jonas. <laughs> Jonas. It's like Jonas, but with a yo. Ja- Jonas. Janas. Oh my god. Directed by Jonas Ackerland. Um, written by uh, Jason Rothwell, screenplay by Victor Santos of the Dark Horse graphic novel Polar. Mm. Um, stars Mads Mikkelsen, uh, Vanessa Hudgens, Catherine Winnick, um, let's see, uh, Faye Matt Wren. Lucas. What is it? Matt Lucas. Matt Faye Lucas. Um, uh, Rubio Fee. Yeah. There's a bunch of people in here. And with uh, cameos by Richard Dreyfus and uh, Johnny Knoxville. Oh, yeah, Johnny Knoxville. That was a yeah. mind blow. Yeah. Right from I the was beginning. like, is that Johnny Knoxville? And it yeah, was. It's like it was they, Johnny they, there's like no information that he was ever going to be in this movie. And then bada bing, bada boom. <laughs> exactly. There he is in the first two minutes. Yep. And so, yeah, this was uh, this was my pick for this week. Um, I mainly picked this to go with the winter flow of, you know, December. And also, Maz Mickelson is a sexy son bitch who's talented beyond every describable imagination. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. let's let's get into Polar, shall we? Let's get into it. So right off the bat, it honestly, while it, it developed the character, and I'm kind of glad, <laughs> even though she wasn't more... The, the one character who they introduced, which you thought was just some, like, woman with Johnny Knox- Knoxville's character. Mm-hmm. Her name's Cindy, played by Ruby O'Fee. I thought she was just going to die in that first scene. Yeah, so And when I. that happened, I was just like, this poor actress. Yeah. She's she's just here to just be... Just here to blow a, Johnny a hot, Knoxville. Yeah, hot piece of ass, and then she's going to die. And it turns out she's just there the whole movie to be a hot piece of ass and then eventually die. But yeah. it wasn't just that first scene. Uh, and that kind of, if I'm honest, turned me off from the rest of the film. Um, yeah. Not, not in like a, I wasn't willing to like wait, but it's just kind of like, I don't know. It felt gratuitous and unnecessary and, and just. There was, there was a lot of that in the beginning of this movie. Yeah. Yeah. That it, it bum rushes you with a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, a bunch of characters in this weird, like crank style weird just introducing a bunch of characters with sliding titles and yeah it was very gus scenes. uh or guy Ritchie. that's um, that's the that's the guy i'm looking yeah, for guy, guy Ritchie influenced yeah um, and so it's throwing all these names of you of this, this this like hit team of like five people they call it the a team and i guess this boss calls it the a team and his and it starts out with johnny knoxville 
he's he's a retired hitman and he sniffs some cocaine and he's he's living his life in a retired and they fucking murder him like <laughs> it seems like it's like an uh and like a rival hit team um they, they come get him and so like they're introducing all these names they're introducing this this kind of world building thing all in the first like 10 minutes that it's throwing at you and it's it's yeah. a lot it's a lot it's a lot and it's unnecessary like, yeah you don't need to know these characters names to know who they are because mm-hmm. or at least like, with all the flashiness you didn't really exactly and you could like, have slowly done it and it would have made a hell of a difference yeah and and but like i didn't remember anyone's name no absolutely at all like i even forgot moss mickelson's name mm-hmm. and it, it's just it, the characters are strong whenever you have your characters and you do that like other than guy Ritchie, because he was kind of one of the first to do it at least yeah, in the modern pre- era he pretty much defined that style yeah but like uh, other than him it's just like trust your characters like yeah i don't need to know their names if they're good characters you're not you're not assuming they're good characters well that, and that's that's what kind of makes it worse is that you you should be able to trust your characters but then the movie doesn't really give you so it made all these people seem important but they didn't feel important in any slight of way yeah um, they were just like, like the second hand thing that was happening. Yeah, exactly. And and honestly, like they they didn't really come up again until probably f- like halfway through. Mm-hmm. And like, yeah, like I remembered who they were, but it also just I didn't care, especially because like, I don't know, this is the kind of movie where you know exactly what's going to happen. Like, you know that there's no danger mm-hmm. for Mouse Mickelson's character. He's just a complete badass. Uh, the fact that he has a an eye patch on the poster, but not an eye patch until like thirty minutes left yeah, in the like movie. Thirty minutes left. Uh, I just knew that you know he was going to be. He was. Just, there's no suspense at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's not to say that the sequences weren't impressive, because some of the fighting sequences were very impressive. Oh, yeah. um, but it just kind of, I don't know. It felt like it was doing a caricature of another movie in a way. Yeah, there was there was a lot of. There was a lot of good in this movie. There was a lot of ingredients yeah. in this movie that would have made for a nice dish. I don't mean to bring food in. I'm just a little hungry. But <laughs> um, there's enough ingredients in this movie, mainly on Mass Mickelson's part. Mm-hmm. He was fantastic in this movie. Mm-hmm. You can't really hate him. Yeah. And, um, well, and, and until you hate him <laughs> 17 minutes into the movie. <laughs> yeah, no. It's it's honestly like I, I didn't hate him. I just hated how that situation was handled. Yeah. Uh, for, for those of you who've seen the film, and if you haven't seen the film and you're listening anyway, 17 minutes in the movie, he has like a PTSD dream, mm-hmm. which causes him to wake up and just shoot at nothing except for there's something in the way and it's his little french bulldog that he literally got that day mm-hmm. and rusty rest in little, peace little rusty. rusty and uh it's played as a joke like that's the thing that got me is that like it felt like we were supposed to laugh at it but it's yeah. just for not only is it a man suffering from ptsd it's also a dog which you know Dog Which, deaths are never funny. No, they're they're uh, never funny. They they. I'm gave more likely to laugh dog, at a human death than I am a dog death. Yeah, they gave this dog a, a good chunk of screen time when he like first met him. He was like, yeah, he like had this cute face. He was turning his head and everything, and then, and then he has this PTSD PTSD PTS dream is what I was trying to say there <laughs> about a ting, um, and then. And then kind of like in the dream, he had like a dog barks and it's like a German shepherd or some shit. And he kind of just wakes up and shoots like yeah. what he thinks is the dog. But it's just this little French bulldog, yeah. Rusty. And as soon as that happened, I started texting Michael. I'm like, well, I know you didn't like this movie 17 <laughs> minutes in. <laughs> and like it's I knew it wasn't Moss Mickelson. I knew it was more of the yeah, yeah. the writer and the director. Uh, it just it, it's if it wasn't played as a comedic beat, I probably would have forgiven it a little bit more. Mm-hmm. But it was. Just the way it was edited, I could tell that they wanted us to laugh at that point. And it was it and, was a really cool interaction with the. Uh, he's like, I like like he went to go. He walked up to this dog. It was up for adoption at, at just on the street, mm-hmm. and uh, he asked he asked what I guess the owner at the time's like, what's his name? And she's like, oh well, it doesn't have a name. Pay fifty bucks, and you can name whatever you want. He's like, I like dogs with human names, and he's like, I like Rusty. And she's like, that's not really a human name. He's like, that's a human name. 
I, I know people named Rusty, so. Yeah, I, I've met one dude named Rusty, but yeah. it, it was just a really funny uh, thing. She's like, well, do you, do you want him? He's like, I don't need a dog. Two yeah. seconds later, well, he gets the dog. Yeah, and and like I, I think it would have been better had the dog lived longer. They built yeah. this relationship, and then he actually mourns for the dog instead of just being like, well, I guess I'll go get fish now. Yeah. Um, and, and I feel like you could have shown the PTSD being a danger to the dog without killing the dog. It, um, it would have it would have been a different experience if like it was a natural thing, like a uh, like I don't know. He's in Mont. He lives in Montana. So like I don't know what what's in Montana, but any predator cold. there, like a bobcat or some shit, uh, getting the dog. Consent. It's a small dog, so like yeah. that would have made a hell of a difference there. Yeah, definitely. Um, uh, the, but you, uh, the interaction with the dog kind of brings up one of my favorite parts of the character is he mm-hmm. always told people he quit things or didn't need things. And then mm-hmm. the very next shot would be him doing the thing doing he said thing. he quit or doesn't need. Uh, like in the beginning he says, Oh, I quit smoking. The very next shot he's smoking. Mm-hmm. Uh, I quit drinking. The, drinking. the very next shot he's drinking. I don't need a dog. The very next shot he's carrying it's, the dog. Yeah. Home. Uh, and it's, it's a, it's, you know, it's it's clever in that sense, but really, I just feel like the gratuitous nature of the one over overtly sexual character, Cindy, mm-hmm. uh, and the this one comedic beat, which was not funny at all. Uh, I think that really hurt it, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, and uh, going back to the overtly sexual nature, like Matt Lucas's character, Blute, mm-hmm. uh, is trying to be sexual and it's not a knock on matt lucas but he's a very soft and cuddly character yeah uh in general uh and just to see him trying to be this big bad i don't know if we're supposed to fear him or just realize that he was this guy who was acting all tough who wasn't tough which became a thing later but it didn't really work or pay out until like the last 10 15 minutes and that's kind of a theme throughout is that nothing really adds up to anything Mm -hmm. and like a a big thing was was this a team for me like uh like at least problem with it was that they hyped up this this team and i mean miles mickelson is obviously the the john wick of this movie yeah that's what they've hyped up the whole time and like he's got this five people team and they just he just wipes them out Mm-hmm. So like it, it, they hyped him out this whole movie just to be literally nothing almost yeah. like that sequence was really scene. cool though yeah the sequence um, was awesome again for sure. leads up with a unnecessarily long sex scene mm. oh, uh, God, which yeah. which like again like I have no problem with with sex in movies but it's like if it's not needed or unnecessary it's just gratuitous it's yeah just, it was like a good. I don't know how long it actually was, but like it felt like five minutes, like it a five like, minute section. It felt like it was probably like two minutes, but yeah. still, like that kind of scene only needs to be like 30, 45 seconds tops, and that's mm-hmm. on the long side. Like there, there is no nuance to this movie, and I know it's a comic book movie, mm-hmm. but with things like that, like a few panels of a sex scene in a comic book is completely different from a, a two minute sex scene. Yeah, and it's just. It makes you momentarily dislike the character, and of course, Moss Mickelson brings brings you back. And it's it's only because it's not necessary. It's not because you know it's not well shot or or yeah. what have you. It's just it it stops the plot for something that is obviously only there to get views. Mm-hmm. Um, which that's the only problem I have with that is that it's 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 kind of like when you are watching a show. And then there's product placement in it, and it's yeah. just product placement in the middle of the center of the shot, and it's so distracting. It takes you away from what's going on, and it, it's exactly the same thing. Just the the product shot is just boobs, yeah, and and humping, and that's that's it, it's just it detracts is what it it ultimately comes down to. It's not needed, and it only hurts the film. Yeah, well, I mean, apart from, I mean, this this was a pretty decent movie. I feel like we're knocking it a little bit, but um, yeah, I enjoyed it for the most part. The plot was there. I feel like they could have done a little bit better on the world building. Yeah, Moss Mickelson was fantastic. He's always good. He was in terrific shape in this movie too. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, but there's there's two other people that I actually really did like, and that was Vanessa Hudgens. 
um, in her she, character. She had she was way better than I've ever seen her. Yeah. Uh, people I were didn't saying, even know it was her at first. Yeah. Uh, I think she's in Spring Breakers, right? She's one of uh, the, Yeah, I believe so. People were singing her praises in Spring Breakers, and you know how both Glenn and yeah. I feel about that movie. Uh, but she is... You know, for a movie that doesn't really deserve that kind of performance, she's great in this. Mm-hmm. And uh, that brings us to the end of the film. And obviously, this won't be the last thing we talk about, but when you find out that the the flashbacks he's been having have been when he killed her entire family mm-hmm. and that the money he's been donating is to her, it kind of brings the whole thing full circle and creates this beautiful moment of tension where he puts his his life in her hands after just saving her. He doesn't expect any thanks or anything because he knows that he killed her entire family. Mm-hmm. And just lets Vanessa Hudgens just show off her, her skills, which she hasn't been able to in, you know, high school musical or, yeah. or anything else. And I, it's just, it really, I wish the whole movie was that tone. I know that wouldn't be with the yeah. comic book, but it's, that's just more my, my scene. Well, I mean, yeah, that's how, that's how I feel, too. Like, a lot of the flashiness of this movie and a lot of the characters just didn't matter. And, like, mm-hmm. as, when it came down to it, it, whenever you were just hanging out with Moss Mickelson or Vanessa Hudgens or even even the other person that I was going to say was uh, the chick who played Vivian, uh, Catherine Winnick, she was great in the movie, too. Like, oh, I, yeah. I liked her character a her, lot. Her whole character design was just stunning. Like, yeah. she commanded the scene. And by design, obviously, she was yeah. wearing red in the sea of black and, and all that. But, yeah, I, I agree with that. So, when, so whenever you were around those three interactions between those three characters, it felt good. Those tones were good. Whenever you had all the other crap going on in the background, that's kind of what drowned it in mm-hmm. this movie and yeah. they in like uh like you were saying with the the moments at the end with Vanessa Hudgens and Mass Mickelson um it's it's the, this great ending of what was a pretty decent film um and it, it definitely made it like that much better for me at least and they kind of uh go for a sequel here they kind of yeah go and for that I, I don't know how I felt about that but I understand yeah I mean it's unfortunately the nature of the beast. Anytime something's based on something, yeah, they're like, "Oh, we got to milk this for all it's worth. Leave it open in case we can do it, that." It kind of left it open for like a, a Leon the Professional type film for the next what would be the next one. Yeah. Um, instead of Natalie Portman, Portman, it's uh, Vanessa Hudgens. And, yeah. Uh, <laughs> and instead of a creepy romantic relationship, which mm-hmm. could have been a lot creepier if the writer got his way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it uh, I, that's not to say I don't like Leon the Professional, but that yeah. is just a thing people talk about. It it's as close to a creepy relationship as I'm willing to get, and yeah. still still enjoy something. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, I don't have too much else to say. It's a solid movie. Uh, I was entertained, but there's just a lot wrong with it, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. The one scene I fucking loved is the scene where he goes to teach the kids about the world yeah. and it just becomes like this assassination d- demonstration. Yeah, he's like dist- <laughs> demonstrating how to use this this knife that uh, yeah. he brought to the show and tell. Yeah. And then he's talking about dead bodies. Like, this is what a three-year-old, her three-week-old body looks like when it's been rotting <laughs> in the sun. Yeah, that, that was really And the teacher's just in the background just like, Ugh. Yeah, uh, it's it completely out of left field with that scene but yeah. i i did enjoy it even though it was not necessary in the least yeah it was a good comedic moment yeah. um way funnier than the dog being killed yeah. and i mean the we already talked about it a little bit but the action scenes were pretty stellar considering um like the one mansion fight scene after the interrogation that mm-hmm. that was a fantastic fight scene yeah. but it leads to my mind going why do security guards with guns get close to shoot people. That always blows my mind. <laughs> well, that kind of comes to the whole uh, John Wick connection you made. It's, it's everyone trying to implement the gung fu mm-hmm. that was John Wick made famous, which only works in John Wick because 
he's hiding and pops out on yeah, people. Yeah, he he can get to that point. Yeah, it's it's not like they're in there. a very long high hallway. Yeah, they're in this and, long corridor, and they're like, I gotta get close to shoot this man. And now. I, I need to make sure I have absolutely no cover. Yeah, in the least. <laughs> It's it's oh there's twenty dead bodies around me. I need to get close to this man. <laughs> yeah. Oh, he's it, using dead bodies while I'm shooting at him. I still need to get closer to this man. Yeah. It's oh, so man. funny. But anyway, let's uh, let's move on. Shall yeah. So let's move on to the judgment, Glenn. This was your pick, so that means you go first in deciding whether or not this is a shelf boy. All right. Um, I definitely enjoyed this movie way more than I thought I would. Uh, I never thought that I would want. Uh, I did a little fan casting after this, and I never thought I'd want to see uh, Moss Mickelson as Big Boss from Metal Gear Solid, but now I do because of the mm-hmm. eye patch. <sighs> Thank God, give me it. But uh, <laughs> it had it had a lot of moments where it was really good, but its overall flashiness and characters that were just unneeded kind of ruined it for me. Yeah, so, like a good portion. It could have been like maybe twenty minutes less if they cut a good chunk of that stuff out. Um, and just like stuck with the story of uh, Duncan, Camille, and the interactions with Vivian and stuff. But if it was twenty minutes, I probably would have been like, "Yeah, hell, maybe hell yeah," and cut all the flashiness. But mm-hmm. for me, it's gonna be a, a no. I I agree wholeheartedly with everything you said. It's a fun movie. There's plenty of movies like it that are a lot better. Mm-hmm. Um, I I don't want to. I wouldn't say that I wasted my time watching it, but no. I think the faults outweigh the good qualities if there is a sequel i will watch it but Mm -hmm. it you know i'm not i won't be sad if there is no sequel yeah like i don't care if this story continues but there's enough there where it is you know interesting just not to give me more moss mickelson more moss mickelson i'll see moss mickelson in anything really absolute uh but that means that polar does not become a shelf boy with the likes of apostle and handmaiden Mm. and that brings us to our plugs glenn you go first again because that's just how this works all right so you know this it's december now right is it it's got me in the mood for things you know (laughs) it's got me (laughs) i'm only laughing because i know what it is you know the context (laughs) i'm trying to figure out how to segue this because i couldn't find a plug and then uh this came along, and I'm like, I'm fucking doing it. So here's my segue. No Nut November's over, baby. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> oh. So my boy, the loop daddy himself, Mark Rubier, put, uh, he, he was live on Twitch uh, the other day and was just improving a bunch of random stuff, trying to work on his craft of making these, these great loops and his funky hip-hoppy beats. And he basically just came up with a song. It's got no title, but he talks about boobs a lot. And it's kind of a work of beauty because even I showed it to you and you were like, I want to be this guy's neighbor. And just know, if you're insensitive to boobs, just don't watch this. It's going to be okay. But for me, if you go on Twitter to Mark Rebier, it's R-E-B-I-L-L-E-T, Mark Rebier. Um, he's got a tweet called Y'all Up and he just, it's a two minute clip of him just singing this boob song. It's fantastic. Where can I begin the shape? Yo, I see them through the shirt. I see them through the shirt. I see them picking through, baby. Yo, I need a squirt. I need to get a look and a taste and a feel and a suck. I need your tits in my mouth and we need to fuck. So yeah, that's my, <laughs> that's, that's about it. Uh, well, funnily enough, that kind of coincides with mine yeah. a little bit. Uh, so this is a short film based on a Craigslist ad. Stay with me. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, it's it's weird. It's funny. It's sexy. Stay with me. No, I'm, I'm here. I'm it full. It brings a whole new meaning to a tight little hole. <clears throat> Stay with me, Glenn. And it brings a whole new meaning into what's in the box. Oh, oh! If I'm honest, <laughs> if I'm honest, I only picked this movie because of the title. Yeah, and it is a short film on YouTube on the YouTube channel Dust called "Come Fuck My Robot." Yo, Brian, what's going on, dude? I whale hunted a rando in Cabo last week. 
years old, throw in five dollars, and whoever bangs out the fattest chick wins the pot. I took her out to the ocean to raw dog it, but we nearly drowned. So I took her back to the porta potty while the other brothers cheered me on. One of the brothers later that day started making out with her, but that chick was blackout. I asked him how I tasted, and he emptied his stomach onto the entire dance floor. Unfortunately, none of the rushies got to contribute to the sperm bank, but pff, fuck it. We all had a good time. You probably don't understand that just yet, do you, virgin? Yeah. Well, I'm gonna fuck a robot. Wait, what? <sighs> what a selection of plugs we have today. <laughs> you can tell we really picked this at the last minute. Uh, but anyway, this is this is not as dirty as the title would have it seem. Yeah. Uh, yes, what the title suggests is talked about, but it is essentially about this virgin who goes to this guy's house who mm. he met on Craigslist to fuck a robot. And he may or may not. I'm not going to get into it too much. But it's kind of charming in a way. But I, I legitimately only picked it because of the title and I wanted yeah. to set it up that way. Perfect. Uh, so those are our plugs. <laughs> And before you watch them, just know that we're deeply, deeply sorry. Um, Except for me. I am not. You are a little bit. I'm terribly uh, sorry. <laughs> but those are our plugs for this week. That brings us to our selection for next week. Uh, it is Netflix Roulette Week, which mm -hmm. means that we're going to spin the wheel three times and pick the best of the three. Uh, hopefully, well, I don't really care either way, but the... Uh, past three Netflix roulette selections have all been foreign films, mm -hmm. so I'm curious to see if we're going to have that uh, pattern continue. So without any further ado, I'm going to spin the wheel. The Exception with Christopher Plummer, I can tell you that much, is with... Uh, <laughs> My dumbass almost just said it is on Netflix. <laughs> yeah, Jai Courtney, Lily James, Christopher Plummer. Uh, directed by David Levu. It is about a German soldier tries to determine if the Dutch resistance has planted a spy to infiltrate the home of Kaiser Wilhelm in Holland during the onset of World War II, but, but falls for a young Jewish-Dutch woman during the, his investigation. Um, it's got 6.8 on IMDb and a 60% Metascore. Mm -hmm. So we'll see if that is the one we pick. That is the exception. Spin number two. <laughs> the Vast of Night, which according to this is 2020. It came out last year technically, but also yeah, came January out. January 2019 was its initial. Yeah, so I don't know if you want to count that. That uh, counts for me, 2019 okay. and uh, January. I have seen this, but I would not mind watching it again. Uh, it is... Directed by Andrew Patterson, starring Sierra McCormick and Jake Horowitz. Uh, it is about one night in New Mexico in the late 1950s. A switchboard operator and radio DJ discover a strange audio frequency which could change the future forever. That is The Vast of Night, 6.7 on IMDb and is 84 Metascore. Is this on Netflix? Uh, I mean, according to this, it is. It says it's an Amazon original. It is an Amazon original, but... Um, Oh, let me see if it is on Netflix. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to check. Oh, it takes you to Amazon. Apparently, they do more than just Netflix now. They do Netflix, Hulu, Disney Plus, and Prime. Um, uh, I'm not seeing it on there. Yeah, it's it's definitely on Amazon Prime. Do we want to d exclude that then? Uh, I mean... Since I don't know how to change it, so it only picks Netflix movies. I mean, we could just call it streaming roulette at a certain point. Streaming roulette is the new name <laughs> of this thing. So, sorry, Netflix roulette. You done fucked up, and now yeah. it's streaming roulette. Uh, so, Fast of Night is the second choice. And that brings us to our third spin of the wheel of streaming roulette. Here we go. Killing Them Softly. Oh, is this the Brad Pitt? Brad Pitt, yep. I actually do want to rewatch this movie pretty badly. Um, because I remember watching this in theaters. Yeah. Um, uh, so directed by Andrew Dominic and it's starring Brad Pitt, Ray Liotta, Richard Jenkins, and James Gandolfini and Ben Ben Mendelsohn. Mm -hmm. Uh, it is about Jackie Cogan is an enforcer hired to restore order after three dumb guys rob a mob protected card game, causing the local criminal economy to collapse. Uh, it's got a 6.2 on IMDb and a 64 Metacritic score, and that is <clears throat> Killing, 
Killing Them Softly. Let's mm-hmm. see where we can watch that. That is on Netflix. So those are our three spins. The Exception, The Vest of Night, and Killing Them Softly. I said, you, didn't, you didn't watch The Exception, right? The Exception is the only one I have not seen. Same, same for me. I do want to rewatch Killing Them Softly, but I have watched it. If I remember, I hated Killing Them Softly. I mean, yeah. I'm open to rewatching it, but like I um, am not against watching this on my own. I was always going to. Do yeah, that, so that's fine. And me. the Vast of Night, I have already watched three times this year. Jesus, uh, <laughs> I I love that movie, dude. I'm gonna make well, you watch already, it one day. We already know what the that's gonna be, so. I think it rules out. <laughs> well, you might not like it. It might not be a shelf for you if you don't like it. But that's, uh, that's true. But, but yes, I think that makes uh, this is kind of the only exception. You know, <laughs> the exception is the only exception. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yes, let me just double check now that we got that wild card to make sure yeah. that it is on Netflix. Uh, yep, it is on Netflix. So that is the exception right. on Netflix with Christopher Plummer, Jai Courtney, Lily James. The Kaiser remains of great symbolic importance to the German people. You will address him as sir, and you will speak only when spoken to, and all discussion of politics is forbidden. You are to take immediate command of his military guard. British Secret Service have an agent in the area. Could be a kidnap attempt, most likely an assassination. If anything happens to him, Captain, you'll be shot. Captain, there's a British spy after me. You'll be quite safe, Your Highness. My name is Stefan. I was wondering what yours was. Mika, dear. Take your clothes off. The female staff are not to be interfered with. Thank you, everybody, for listening. As always, you can check out our website, KeystoneFilmReview.com. On Instagram, Keystone underscore Film underscore Review. On Twitter, Keystone underscore Film. On Facebook, Keystone Film Review. YouTube, Keystone Film Review. And on Letterboxd, I am Mike KFR. And I am Glenn KFR. And that will do it until next week when we watch uh, Christopher Plummer in yet another Nazi movie. I'm Mm -hmm. not saying that as a jab, but he is in a lot of Nazi movies. Sometimes as a Nazi, sometimes not as a Nazi. Sometimes as a Nazi who thinks he's not a Nazi, but he is a Nazi. (laughs) It's a whole thing. A big thing. Yeah. Christopher Plummer, I love you. Okay. Goodbye. Bye.